Hey and welcome to the Curious Cult Show. You are currently listening to a curiously quarantined live recorded episode. These were recorded in front of a live audience digitally on a webinar. So please don't look for the chats. Don't look for the questions. Just enjoy me and the guests talking about really interesting things and obsessing over our curiosities. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please give us a like, a rating, a review, and a share everywhere you can possibly think. That's what keeps me curious and interested. And for now, enjoy the talk. Jared, welcome to the live stream. Um, I'm super excited to be talking to you, uh, like watching your Facebook page explode. I, I have to confess, I closed my Facebook account about a year and a half ago. So I didn't actually know about I'm staying um, until a friend of mine introduced me to you. Uh, so I'm excited to like figure out a bit about what this is and how it started. So let's dive right in. Um, tell me about the I'm staying movement and, and why you started it. Sure. How's it going, Nick? Um, so the, in September last year, I think we were probably at a, at a precipice in terms of uh, political climate in the country. Um, there was uh, huge uncertainty regarding the economy. Um, there was a lot of people packing up and leaving. And um, listen, we still got a lot of these issues, but the one thing that we didn't have was any, any level of cohesion. I think it was just a bit of a free fall. And uh, the reason behind starting the page was really just to, to try and create some pinnacle point where people could come and say, you know, I still love my country. I'm still passionate about my country. It's not all bad. There are still things that we can be positive about and just sort of reshape the narrative. Um, and I think we've been lacking in that space for some time. You know, the, the mainstream media gets to dominate the narrative, um, which is largely fear based. Um, not that it's anybody's fault. It's just the way that it goes. And uh, we wanted to try and shift that a bit. And that, that was the, the premise under which we started the group. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, the I wanted to ask the the simple question because I I know the answer, but it's important that the people who see this uh, understand how small your team is. So, tell me who's involved. <laughs> cool. So we've got the one point two million members almost. We've got a nonprofit company, uh, the Armstrong NPC, and then we've just launched the media arm. We've got 100 volunteers that sort of help us with managing content on the platform. But in terms of the actual team, there's two of us. <laughs> so so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of hard work, a lot, a lot of gritty stuff. But uh, it's, it's very rewarding. Um, we, we've also managed to, to partner with a, a series of companies uh, around the nonprofit company, which help us to fulfill initiatives in the social development space, etc. Um, and that makes up a team effort of about 100 people. So that just helps us to pick up the slack. But in terms of actually driving and shaping this thing, it's just the two of us. And I mean, you obviously had a life before I'm staying and now you have a life after I'm staying. Um, how are you covering your expenses? Like, how do you live? Does this movement pay you? Like, what's the deal? Um, so we were quite, I mean, we were quite blessed in the beginning. We got a substantial donation from a, from a very kind South African that, that saw value in what we were doing. And that gave us sustainability up until a certain point. And um, we are now putting in the measures to create additional financial stability for the, for the movement. Um, that's not all peaches and cream right now. It's obviously tough to try and get uh, people to part with their, their finance at this stage. But, um, but uh, there, are, there are a number of ways guys can get involved. Obviously, because of the NPC, there's, there's a lot of goodwill. There's a lot of media coverage. So there's a sponsorship option that's available. And then uh, we're playing around in the media space as well um, with, with podcasts, vlogging, 
um, and our website, our news website, and there's a, a, a radio station, online radio station coming up soon. So the potential to earn revenue is there. It's just a matter of crossing this next hurdle um, to get us to, you know, post-COVID where we can start implementing it and, and that will sustain us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, in typical human form, um, for every good, there's someone who thinks that it's bad. Um, and I, I'm sure that you guys get a lot of flack for doing what you do. Um, and especially when things are said like, you know, you've got a donation from a particular individual. I think the question that I want to ask is, how do you ma make this narrative appear? Does that person influence what you do? Um, like, what are the rules to talking about what you talk about uh, how do you define the editorial boundaries you know what i mean yeah yeah so i mean in terms of that donation it was somebody that uh, that was quite close to us who had a friend who wanted to get involved and it was purely a um a, a donation there was no strings at all um so you know we've got we've got this side uh, council that we have which are um i mean quite senior guys that assist us and help us to not to steer but to advise us when we have questions and queries in terms of how to take the thing forward so there's no strings at all um what we what we did is uh create the the group with a series of rules those rules were things like don't talk about your politics don't talk about your uh your religion um uplift and promote people and the, it was just basically you know just be lacquer that was the that was the the premise under which the group was 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 formed um, and it's been like that ever since. Nobody's tried to interfere with our rules or our structures in any way. Um, and it's just uh, it's just people that really care. I think I think guys understood the value of what we were trying to achieve, and that that was about creating a cohesive environment, about trying to break down uh, racial divides, which I think we've been very successful at. You know, if you look at the the, the, the total country, we've got 1.9% of the entire population sitting on our platform across all. Um, all different cultures, all different demographics, all different LSMs. So we really have done a significant job in terms of getting that going. Um, and that's that's really it. I mean, there's nothing nothing more. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting premise to not talk about politics in a country like ours when it's so caked into the entire existence of everyone. Um, how do you sort of police that? Like with just two of you, how do you manage to keep control of these rules? So we've got uh, we've got systems in place that um, that uh, well tools that we we provided with by Facebook. Um, so that allows us to set uh, to set uh, the rules up firstly, but it also allows us to control the content that comes in. So we filter everything. There's a filtration process that allows us to navigate our way through. It's not always clear cut and dry, and we do make mistakes. I mean, make no make no mistake about it. There are issues, and we have to very often uh, eat humble pie and apologize and and try and navigate our way through it. And it is a it is a touchy um, a touchy subject for us. And 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 South Africa is entrenched in in uh, in politics, but we have to try and understand that at, uh, that at this time in the country um, political divide is not going to get us anywhere and um, and that we have to be looking forward in terms of how do we create policies how do we create um, infrastructure how do we support small business how do we get the economies going uh, and that stuff is not related to politics that stuff is related to to rolling up your sleeves active citizenry getting your hands dirty forming uh, alliances with a number of NGOs and 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 uh, and people that are in a position to be able to assist and drive that forward that is our that is our focus you know we're not yet to sort of uh, have sword fights with with different political parties it's it's interesting for us because we've got every single political party member on our platform you know so we have to try and walk a line um, we've got to try anyway yeah, I mean, I, I do want to carry on with this line of, of conversation because I think the the guests that you have, uh, the guests, the members that you have, um, 
they're so influenced by politics. I mean, all the things you've just mentioned, business, NGOs, NPOs, uh, they're destroyed by things like polit political corruption and kleptocracy and bureaucracy. And so is it possible to avoid politics at all because it's so caked into our society? I think to a degree, there's a lot of stuff that you can cut out. I mean, not, not, not in totality, um, but if we are going to be focusing on, listen, there's so much attention around all the stuff that's going wrong and we don't need to be that, you know, we need to be focusing on the stuff that's going right. So, um, and that will be our, our, our mandate is to focus on the stuff that's going right and to try and enhance that and to build upon that. You know, we don't need to be another E, e News or another 702 or another media house that focuses on yeah. it. We don't need to be another ANC or an EFF or whatever the case may be. Um, they're all doing that and they're playing in that space and that's fine and that's, you know, that's, that's how it works. But, um, but for us, we have to draw attention to the things that are going to be constructive. And there's obviously going to be some, some level of, of, uh, of politics in that. But we've got to do the best that we can to negate the stuff that's 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 non non conducive to to a healthy and uh, and united uh, front as a nation. And politics is really good at breaking that. Um, and we don't want to focus in that space, you know. Good point. Um, so why do you think that this whole "I'm staying" movement has gained so much traction so quickly? I, I think people I think people have had for the longest time a uh, a very one one directional flow of information um, and everybody's had everyone's you know had these these um, good ideas these these heartfelt moments these these yearning to help and um, and uh, these feelings of of love and connection uh, but they haven't had a platform in, in order to put that onto and uh, I think we just came in at the right time we had the right messaging and the right messaging was about tell us about why you love South Africa tell us what you're doing to get committed and help us make this country a better place and I think that for the first time it actually gave people a platform to be able to speak and I think that's what it was you know instead of us just shoving information down your throat it was about you telling us your stories and I think that was uh, that was the that was the the ingredient that that got us really that got us to where we are now yeah, amazing. Um, so I'm a very pragmatic person. Uh, those people who know me know that I'm quite brutally honest and straightforward. And I talk about the things, ironically, the things that you don't, uh, your rules don't allow people to talk about. I like talking about religion and politics and philosophy and these beliefs. So the next question uh, at the head of this is, is you and your partner. And aside from this message of hope, why, what are the reasons that you're promoting for people to like stay in the country? What, what and I mean like practically, you know what I mean? Not like the ethereal, you know, where it's a great place. Like, what are the practical things that you're trying to get across to people? Sure. Listen, I mean, just just on your point, I love talking about things like politics and religion in my own personal my, my own personal space yeah. and, and my personal network. I mean, I, of course, these things are they're interesting and they're dynamic and the it's. I mean, there's people have got so many different viewpoints. I mean, how can you not love to have these discussions? But we find very often if you yeah. put it onto a platform where people have got only uh, 250 characters, things always go sideways and it becomes very aggressive, very hateful, and uh, and and very nasty and and completely counterproductive. And that's the reason why we we bulleted yeah. it. Sitting in front of a person having a discussion is a completely different vibe to sitting across on the other side of a keyboard. Um, the, the, the intention behind I'm staying was never about people trying to stop people from leaving the country. And uh, I think that's where um, our messaging uh, has been slightly diluted and we've, we've worked very hard to try and reshape that. Because 
we were in a position where we had we had millions of South Africans that didn't have an option to leave. And I was one of those. I didn't have another passport. I didn't have the, the certification that I needed to work in another country. I didn't have the financial resources to just pack my bags and go. I was staying. And uh, there, were there were millions and millions of Africans that were the same as me. And that was the message. I'm staying and now what? You know, and I think that's what we were trying to get across. If we're going to stay in South Africa, if we stuck here, you know, and we and we we want to be here, this is our home. Then what are we going to do to try and make this a better future for ourselves and for our for our you know future generations? And that was the that was the thinking. Okay, um, a little bit of a more uh, pointed question. Uh, you just said if if you're stuck here and people like you are stuck here, if you had a passport or an option, would you leave? No, I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> Maybe saying stuck here is not the right uh, the right terminology, but uh, I, I definitely wouldn't go. I mean, this is my home. And uh, from what we've seen, um, especially of late with uh, things like COVID, it doesn't really matter where you go. Every single country you go to has got its challenges. Every single country has got its problems. It's got its politics. Some of them are far worse than ours. I mean, we've got countries at the moment that have got nuclear discussions going on. We've got guys that have got um, uh, in, in, in this incredible tension and, and, uh, and complete distrust and discord. And sure, we've got all of those elements, but I, I honestly believe that we've got this we've got this amazing ability as South Africans to come together right at the right at the right moments. And we've proven that time and time again. So this is not those one of those countries you just turn your back on. You know, I was born here, I was bred here. This is what I this is what I love. I love the people of South Africa, I love our cultures, our diversity, and I think we've got a real yearning to be to be more. And we also got so much history, you know, you don't just turn your back on that kind of history. You 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 you, you want to add to those pages um, and not just you not just tear them out and, and leave. So uh, I'm very passionate about my home, you know, and uh, I will continue to be passionate about my home. This is this is where I belong. Uh, I also I also have reference points of guys that are incredibly uh, successful, incredibly wealthy. They can go anywhere they want to go, but they're staying. They're here in South Africa. They've chosen not to go. And uh, there's a reason for that, you know. People when people uh, have the ability to leave, but they but they don't. It makes you question why. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned a word there that I want to highlight. Uh, you said that the country is very diverse and there's lots of diversity. How uh, talk to the viewers and tell them how you're catering for that level of diversity. You know, eleven national languages. Um, there there've been reports in the past of crazy people who say that this is just an elitist group, and I know that that's not true. So tell us how you're catering for diversity. Yeah, that was quite interesting. I mean, that all came out uh, on an interview that I had with Melanie Ross on 702. And they took a, they fielded yeah. a call from this woman who was based in Woodstock somewhere. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, she, she had been on the group, I think, for a week and then she left the group. And, and we got to remember something. I, I, I come from a, I'm a white guy and my predominant, my friends are, are white. I mean, I've, I've, and I, my network started there. Um, we knew it was going to spill over. It was just a matter of time, you know, because eventually it was going to get to the point, especially with all the media exposure that we got. I mean, we had over 200 million rands worth of media exposure, you know, PR exposure from all the media companies and stuff. So it was inevitable that it was going to flow into the right spaces and uh, and, to, and to become more and more and more uh, demographically aligned with the country. Um, so so that stuff was a little bit frustrating in the beginning, but, uh, but you know, you sort of shrug it off and you move forward because we know what we are and we're incredibly diverse. Um, and I think we're a, we're a true representation of, of the country. Um, have I answered your question? I don't know. I felt like I got a bit sidetracked there. No, you did, but that's fine. I'm happy you addressed the issue. But the question was, how do you address this diversity in the group? Like yeah. you said, you've got advisors. Is that a diverse group of advisors, or are they all old white guys? No, no, it's, it's completely diverse. You know, I mean, it's it's guys that are. It's, it's quite interesting. We've got guys that come from uh, um, the business space. We've got guys that come from the political arenas. You know, the guys that were previously in politics and are now just. Now just uh, old and uh, have had their have their full and they they 
they, they're looking at things on a much broader scale. It's, it's fantastic to have people like that in there because they've seen things in so many different, um, uh, so many different areas and they've seen so much change over the, over the periods. We've got very young guys. We've got very techie guys. We've been challenged a number of times. We've got, we've got black guys, color guys, white guys. We've got everybody on our, on our, um, on our advisory panel, you know, this, this advisory panel that sort of sits uh, far removed from us. Um, how we deal with, with the, the diversity on our platform is to try and go to the, the, the neutral point. And it's not a perfect science, but we say, listen, guys, you know, most of us know how to speak English. Let's focus on English because then nobody gets excluded. We've tried to go down the road of having, uh, of having a conversation, uh, of allowing different languages onto the platform. But we found that our members themselves actually weren't enjoying it because they weren't getting the recognition. So if somebody speaks uh, Isisulu, for example, and they put a, a post up in Isisulu, they, they narrow their audience and they don't get the reactions that they wanted to. So, so inevitably, everybody defaults to English because they know that they're going to get, you know, this interaction from a much broader audience. So it sort of ironed itself out. And we, we focus on things where we try to create this place where we know there's, there's a platform where people can all sort of get, get together on. And that's not a perfect science. You know, I mean, sometimes guys are not, not uh, fluent in English and, uh, and they, they try their best and uh, they get lost in translation because it's a direct... Uh, translation from 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 the language that they speak into English, and it doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. So, so sometimes things can get a bit hairy, <laughs> but uh, it's few and far between. And we try to manage it. The, in our administration, in our administration team, our moderators is incredibly diverse. So we leave that to you know uh, we leave the the various languages to people that are, are fluent in in those languages to to deal with those when they arise. Cool. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So how have you seen the narrative of this uh, movement and group on Facebook change with the, the pandemic? Like, has anything different come out that you've seen? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had a lot of, uh, of different things coming out. Um, for one, people are, um, people are more unified uh, in, this, in this, this spatial arena than they were before. I think uh, people, uh, people have dropped everything and are sort of focusing on survival. They're in survival mode right now, which is, which is you know, it's, we're in a dark space, but it's kind of beautiful to see this, this, this light coming out of it, um, which, is about, which is about putting everything to one side and like trying to just hold on and make it through this, 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 this dark space. Um, the other thing that we've seen is that people are incredibly creative. And uh, the more time that they have, they're spending a lot more time now sort of, you know, doing art and, uh, and uh, expressing themselves through music and a whole lot of different things. So that's really coming through and, and people are getting a lot of support in that space. So we're seeing a lot of talent actually uh, in South Africa that was maybe a little bit hidden coming through. We're seeing a great collaboration of, of people in, uh, you know, influential spaces that are, that are um, willing to come on and, and, ch and chat to us and, and, and shed light on what they're doing. So there's a lot of fantastic positive things that are coming from this you know it really is uh, amazing and then obviously people helping people helping each other there's there's a there's so many initiatives that are running right now to feed people to to keep people to clean and to and to assist where they can um so it's pretty cool pretty cool very cool man um so what have you learned about yourself uh and about other people since you've started this i've learned that people see life through their own lenses and um and that includes me. So uh, everything that I everything that I see in another, I'm actually seeing in myself. Um, and I don't necessarily always know that. So sometimes when I want to pass judgment to somebody, it's a it's a it's a weakness. It's a chink in my armor, not theirs. I've seen that people um, at their at their rawest um, are are probably um, the most the most vulnerable, are the ones that are willing to help the most. I've seen that uh, that money doesn't buy you the the uh, the, the the things that you 
the things that we've, we've, we found to be important because right now what's holding us together is humanity. Um, and I found that uh, I found that uh, there's a there's an incredible deep sense of belief in um, in people wanting to bring this country together. Uh, there's the the lessons are just endless, you know. And uh, but but more importantly, the, the one that sticks out for me the most is is about how we how we view other people, you know, um, and how much of ourselves are referenced in that in that assessment. Okay, interesting. Um, so you know that spider-man quote with great power comes great responsibility um and it's something that I, I think that a lot of celebrities don't realize you know the kardashians or whoever 50 million people listening to a tweet or reading an instagram or whatever that's very similar to the position you guys find yourselves in um and i don't imagine it's what you wanted when you started you know it was to have all this responsibility but your narrative shapes a million people's views um how do you deal with that responsibility do you think about it yeah often man often um it's it's an incre it's an incredible position to be in um and and it's, it's sometimes it's daunting you know uh, but it's very rewarding because we're getting to affect people's lives in a positive way. And I think as long as we keep true to ourselves and we keep true to the vision of what we were trying to achieve, then all will be well. And remember that I'm not alone in this. I've got a huge amount of support coming from, um, from, coming from a lot of people that are playing in, in very similar spaces. So it's not like I'm carrying this burden on my own. And the, it's being shared amongst thousands of South Africans. And I'm just a piece of that. I'm just a cog in that wheel, you know, that's, uh, that's making it go. We just happen to have this, this, open space and uh, we're quite visible but there's so many people that are doing what i'm doing so yeah it's, it's a blessing I, i've got to be honest my life has never been filled with more value than it is right now that's amazing um what uh, what do you what did you do before all of this kicked off <laughs> i was in real estate i uh i sold properties um I, I built a couple of real estate companies i built a couple of real estate companies up um prior to that i was involved in mining technologies i did uh, i did uh, uh, technology sales in and around Africa, Central, West, East Africa. And uh, that was it. I mean, I've always sort of been a people, people facing uh, line of work um, and always in the, in the sales space. So this is quite new for me. It's quite, uh, it's quite, a, quite a different challenge, but I'm enjoying it. I've got to tell you, I'm, I'm enjoying it more, even though I'm faced with my own sets of challenges as I go. Um, it's, it's very rewarding uh, to, to live in service of others and, uh, and to be watching this whole thing unfold because um, I guess we're a little bit like Mark Zuckerberg in the fact that we don't necessarily know what it is always, you know, we've got this thing, it's yeah. sort of developing in front of us, but we don't actually have a full hands-on idea of what it is or what it's going to be or how it's going to evolve, but we know it's constantly evolving, we know it's, it's doing good, and uh, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you jumped out of a plane and you're making the parachute on your way down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Uh, more of a philosophical question. Um, how do you hope that the country changes through this movement? What, what is the, the, the actual practical changes that you're looking for? Yeah. So, so togetherness is, our, is our, our driver, right? And I think that it's important that we know that uh, in isolation, we can be very powerful as human beings. But uh, united, we can be so much more um, than that because um, we, we get to we get to amplify whatever it is that we're doing. And I think that the more of us that realize the potential that we have as individuals, which is very important because it takes one person to make a change. I mean, for example, there's a little boy. His name's Joshua. Uh, he's on our platform. He's nine years old. He comes from a very, uh, a very tough background, a very tough background. And um, instead of him using that to turn him into a nasty little bugger, 
He is uh, he's now fed over 4,000 people and he's managed to unite an entire um, community that the police and the paramedics and the fire departments have been trying to do for the last number of years now. It took one little boy to do that. One little boy. And I think to myself, like, you know, there is immense power in what we do if, we, if we're doing things for the right reasons. And united, there is, it becomes an immovable force that cannot be stopped. And um, we need to realize that we are in this together, that there is one South Africa, that whether we think we're in different boats or not, we're not. We're actually all in the same boat. Um, we all need to start pedaling in the right direction. And I want us to turn this country into something that it never has been and, and always should have been, which is a place of love and respect, a place of growth, a place of incredible wealth, um, huge resources, um, and, uh, and incredibly diverse in its nature, which makes us so unique to the rest of the world. You know, it's almost like we've got every country in the, in the, in the world sitting in one tiny little tip of Africa. And, uh, and uh, I mean, to, to get that right, if we, can, if we can learn how to work together and how to shape things and how to be um, constructive, I mean, we could literally become a beacon for the world and, and an example for the world, just like our, our constitution is an example for the world. I mean, our, our constitution is implemented in almost every major country, um, uh, the democratic society uh, globally. So, I mean, that just tells you the power of who we are, South Africa. When, when we see each other, we, you know, when we, we have these victories like the World Cup where we all where we write our Springboks off and we think to themselves, you know, these guys are not going anywhere and they end up taking, you know, clutching victory. Um, that's it. That is us. That, that's South Africa, you know, in a, in a, in a microcosm. It's, that's actually what we are. Um, so my, my, my hope is that we can hold that, 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 that cup up high one day. And, you know, that being the success of our, our nation. I mean, that's, that's my, that's my goal. It's my hope anyway. Yeah, I mean, and I suppose that's everyone's hope for the country. But uh, just to go a little bit dark for a second, how how do you, uh, as a, a person, and then as the person at the head of this 1.1 or 1.2 million strong group, how do you cope with things like economic collapse, uh, the impending re not even recession but depression, the downgrade from Moody's, the rampant rape, crime? corruption, yeah. kleptocracy. Uh, I mean, we all know these things exist, so I don't want to keep harping on, but yeah. don't you, is this not some part of you that feels like it's disingenuous to tell people to stay in a place that could literally kill them? So again, I mean, our messaging is not to stay. Our messaging is for those who are willing to stay and to, and to actually roll up their sleeves and get stuck in. And I think this is the important message here. Things are not going to change unless we change them. Crime is going to continue to become rampant as long as there's no employment and there's no education in our country. How do we fix the problems? We don't put band-aids on a, on a broken arm. You know, we have got to go to the root causes and we've got to work at the root because once you once start to affect change at the root, the rest of the stuff starts to, uh, starts to rectify itself. So what do we need to do? We need to collaborate with people that are specialists in specific fields, that are active in specific fields and start working on those problems. And that's exactly what we're doing. And I don't think it's a quick fix. It's not like we're going to wake up tomorrow and boom, South Africa's back on track. You know, we're looking at maybe five, 10 years journey to get this thing right. But if we start today and if we start working today and, we, and we're serious about what we want to do and we're steadfast and we are brave, more importantly, we will be able to affect positive change in the country. We need to uproot corruption. We need to get the corrupt out of South Africa. We need to hold people accountable. And, and, and all of those matters need to be addressed. You know, in terms of economic growth, we know that, that, um, that I mean, look at what happened with Dion Wyatt. You know, uh, uh, companies come in from the States. They, they, they make an acquisition. They buy out, a, they buy out a, a long standing brand in South Africa. 
they don't get the returns. And, and you know, I'm not arguing why they pulled out. It was an executive decision that was important for them. Uh, they've got to look at their sustainability and their longevity as well. But th that one major corporation has collapsed. And, and how many how many jobs is it taking with it? Um, we need to be focusing a lot on micro business in South Africa. I think that's where the that's where the, the silver bullet is for us is to focus on micro businesses, create a network of small businesses, each business employing four to five people, maybe 10, 20 people SM, playing in the SME space. Corporates are obviously very important, but we cannot bank on corporates because they're, they're too big of a risk when they fail. Um, whereas a micro business is not. If you have one failing micro business, it doesn't bring down your economy. You know, If you have the, the likes of NASPERS failing, call it a day. You know, So we can't be in that situation. I think globally the whole country is, in a, is going into depression. I look at the states. I mean, the the Fed, you know, the Fed has just accidentally crashed the property market. Um, that's another that's another recession that's going to hit all of us. I don't think anybody is exempt at this stage in terms of uh, in terms of where we are economically. But we've got to we've got to start again. Going back to what I was saying, start at the root and start fixing problems at the uh, addressing problems at the right at the base, and then start building from there. And that's how you that's how you restore a nation. Makes sense. Um, so you briefly touched on it earlier on. Um, tell me about the plans for the business uh, in a little bit more detail um, and and where you see it going over the next six to 12 months. Sure. So we have got, uh, we, we've created an ecosystem of guys that are playing in the crowdfunding space in social development and planning. The social development and planning is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, these guys have been operating for the last 25 years. You see, we don't get to hear about these guys. 25 years they've been operating. They, they're currently operational in six of the seven provinces. They've got, they um, are active in, in uh, 11 townships. Um, these guys go in and they don't just come in to be, you know, this, this white knight on a, on, a, on a horseback trying to save, uh, trying to, no, it doesn't work that way. We've got, number one, identify the problem and understand the environment. So what these guys do is they go in, they work very closely with communities. They, they disseminate the, 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 the challenges that they have. They, they look at everything, they unpack everything, and then they sort of look at ways to, to put it together. And by doing that, they start to create social cohesion in these areas. They start to, um, uh, to help with service delivery. They start to help with things like education. They start to help with healthcare. They start to help with, um, with uh, uh, practical things like, uh, like entrepreneurship because we don't actually understand, but township economy is a thriving, thriving economy. Um, so how do, we, how do we take that? How do we restore dignity and restore cohesion and restore um, uh, areas um, and at the same time build, build and strengthen economies in those areas? So that's what these guys do. This is, this is what they specialize in. And we've now partnered with another, another guy that's, that's uh, focusing in the entrepreneur space. He's, been, he's active in 30 townships, 30. He's been doing this for 15 years. I mean, he, he comes from townships. He built himself up in a township. You know, we're aligning ourselves with the likes of, uh, of Herman Mashabo, who's got, he's got, he's a self-made businessman. The guy understands intrinsically the, the challenges that we have with, uh, with South Africa um, and, and how to restore those. So then that's stuff that's happening at a, at a much broader level. And there's some political levels there, but our focus is, is, is in what he brings to the table. So, um, so there, there are, uh, there are also, um, sure. Who's the other collaboration? We've got a technology partner. The technology partner is amazing as well. Taking technology that we have right now and using that technology to help us define challenges, find solutions, draw attention, get them, get the, get the public involved to assist. Um, so all of these things are currently happening at the space. So over the next 12 months, I'd say we would have have, we would have been, um, uh, firmly structured, firmly rooted, and, and actually being proactive in the space. But a lot of the stuff is actually already happening. So it's it's a lot of it's already moving. Amazing. So in closing, uh, why don't you tell everyone who sees this where they can get involved, um, how they can find you, uh, and anything else you want to share with them? Cool. 
So my message, first of all, is South Africa, don't give up hope. You know, hope is the one thing that we have that will uh, that will see us through. And and things are not perfect and uh, things are never going to be perfect. So take that out of your mind. But um, but we are we are we are resolute. We are strong and uh, we have the ability to turn things around. That's my message to South Africa. So don't give up. The other thing is that uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to if you want to help to support us um, in, in things that we're doing, um, you can get hold of me at uh, Jarrett, J-A-R-E-T-T-E at armstaying.co.za. Um, if you want to take a look at our media page, you can go to media, uh, sorry, Armstaying Media, which is on Facebook. Um, you can go to our website, www.armstaying.co.za. So there's like a plethora of ways to get hold of us and, and to see what we're doing. Um, yep, hope, hope, to, hope to connect with somebody sometime soon. Awesome. Jarrett, I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for your time. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing this movement grow. Thanks very much, Nick. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for listening to that live recorded webinar episode. That is one of the series of curiously quarantined episodes that I have made available to you while I record season two of the Curious Cult Show, which will be focused on starting something. That season comes out really soon, so please keep a lookout for that. If you liked this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Please share, like, review, and give us some love anywhere you can think of on the interwebs.